Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics podcast. It's Thursday, June 22nd. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. The Bloc Québécois is optimistic that a public inquiry into foreign interference will soon be called. But the Prime Minister is vague about the timing. I think we're working very, very hard. I know uh, Minister Lavoie is working with his uh, colleagues from other parties to make sure that as we move forward on a process uh, that would be acceptable to all parties, that the terms of reference could be acceptable to all parties, and indeed uh, the person or people leading the process would be acceptable to all parties. MPs prepared to leave town, having passed numerous bills, including a Child Care Act, that the Conservatives initially fought against. The reality is, is this bill doesn't do anything because the, the agreements with the provinces and territories are already signed. So we have to honour those, right? Um, what we need to do is we need to ensure when we're in power that we restore flexibility and choice for parents and the operators and remove the ideological shackles that are in place right now. And newly elected Liberal MP Anna Ganey is in hot water for dodging questions about whether French is on the decline in Quebec. I was thrilled to be at Quebec caucus this morning, thrilled to be here to meet my new colleagues. Joining us is Catherine Lévesque, parliamentary reporter for the National Post. Good morning, Catherine. Hi, Julie. So last night, they all vamoosed out of town. Like, that's it. They, you know, basically said, we're done here. And, you know, I thought they were going to have a public inquiry or at least announce it before they got out of town. But that hasn't happened yet. Well, no, because Dominic LeBlanc was in Whistler yesterday. I mean, he's essentially been out of town all week. Doesn't uh, he do you know. Zoom like everybody else? Like- <laughs> I, I'm sure there are other means of communications for sure. Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, earlier this week, he was meeting with, with Danielle Smith. He was in Calgary. Yesterday, he was in Whistler to talk to his provincial counterpart. So he, he's he been a busy guy, um, but he's back to business. Um, apparently, discussions have been ongoing with opposition party leaders. And today, there is a meeting with all parties to discuss a way forward. So I, I think it's fair to say that we might actually have a resolution quite soon. Um, you know, if if it's not today, maybe tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, we'll see if we have a public inquiry, if we don't have one, who's going to chair this, etc. Um, all that I hope is that it will not be announced, you know, Friday, sometime after 5pm, that would, you know, that would be unfortunate. Um, you know, like they did for the David Johnston announcement, but right. Uh, you know, the, so it's it's kind of interesting what we saw yesterday, right? I think Yves-François mm-hmm. Blanchet, the bloc leader, was a yeah. little bit more, uh, you know, he went a little bit more into detail as to what has been happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said he's been in intensive discussions with LeBlanc. I'm guessing they're doing the whole Zoom thing or, or you know, phone from, from Whistler. Um, so he said he believes that a deal is, is imminent, Um which w- would make sense if, you know, we're, we're going to announce something before the end of the week. Um, he said the so it, there would be ma- possibly an agreement between the Liberals and the Bloc. He said possibly also the NDP and maybe even the Conservatives. So it seems like maybe it's more solid between uh, the Bloc, the NDP and the Liberals. It seems like, you know, maybe they're, they have a path forward here. And maybe eventually the Conservatives would join in, which, you know, would make this hopefully less partisan than what we've seen in the past. And, uh, you know, this would be a way forward. I mean, the prime minister said yesterday, look, we, we don't want, you know, partisanship to kind of disrupt the process like like we saw with David Johnston, right? So if everyone can agree on something, 
hopefully there will be a path forward. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see if this is actually public inquiry under the Inquiries Act, which was what the, the conservatives asked for, or if it's going to be some sort of other public process, which is maybe what the, or public hearings, which is what the, the liberals wanted. Um, the scope of the thing, are we going yeah. to be talking about Chinese interference? Yeah. And uh, who's going to chair it? So we'll oh, exactly. see who that special unicorn is. <laughs> the special unicorn. Uh, yeah, the way Blanchette was talking yesterday, it was like um, uh, Dominique Leblanc was his new B BFF. He was saying that they had very <laughs> frank and sincere discussions, but he is just one player. And we know that uh, Pierre Poilievre has been pretty clear from the start. Tell me it's going to be a public inquiry first, then I'll give you some names. And uh you know, on the Hill yesterday, I, you know, I was there and the prime minister was going into QP and he talked about collaboration and he talked about discussions and he talked about openness and blah, 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 blah. But I never heard him once say, you know, I am firmly planted in the opinion that the public inquiry is the next way to go. I never heard him say that. No. Um, so they're no, going to drag him there kicking and screaming if this is what yeah. happens. I mean, I, I think that's already the case, right? I mean, you know, it, it took everything for them to... It, in fact, Dominique LeBlanc should have been in charge of this thing from the start. Which Maybe is, he know, should lead the public inquiry. Maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe he's a special unicorn. There'd be a lot of jokes. He's a very funny guy. But anyway. <laughs> oh, yes. It would be a very funny inquiry. Um, <laughs> uh, but look, I mean, you know, one thing is for sure. We, you know, we're really hoping for some sort of answer before the yes. end of the week. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure they're going to be appointing someone uh, before the, the end of the week. I mean, obviously, they have to ask people around yeah, people have to pick up their phones. You know, if if they see maybe the PMO's number, maybe they won't want to pick up uh, after what happened to David Johnston. But exactly. Um, and and yeah, we'll we'll see what this list of names is. Um, what what I'm told is that you know the so the block kind of put their list of names out there, and uh, you know kind of talked with the conservatives, and they they agreed that maybe it wasn't the best list. So, but the conservatives at the same time don't want to release their their list of names, so we don't know who they have in mind. Well, it'll um, be very interesting to see. First of all, is this going to happen in the next twenty four hours? And secondly eventually maybe not right away but who is this person or people maybe it'll be more than one yeah. that'll lead it right could be and and today was interesting too this morning um you know my former colleague Catherine Cullen has done an interview with Jody Thomas um for for the house and she she was saying that whoever leaked all this stuff will be caught mm -hmm. and punished um so there's all sorts of loose threads, right? That that have to be tied up about this. And especially, you know, in a minority parliament, people do want to have some clarity before you go into an election. Absolutely. Um, you know, what, what the government wants essentially is to have some sort of clean slate to say, look, everything, you know, there were no significant problems or, you know, yes, there was interference, but nothing that actually influenced the la the, the, the past two elections. So we can we can move forward with a general election sometime right. in the next year or, or two years. Yeah. So, OK, so yesterday uh, or last night, I guess they recessed a lot of legislation was passed, uh, including the budget, which one would expect after all the budget was March, but it does take a while to get it through. Um, you know, a benefit for uh, a disability benefit. Other things I think are still over in the Senate. I'm not sure the streaming bill C-18. I think that's 
probably going to get through today to, yes, you know, regarding uh, Facebook and Google and so on. But also there was an interesting consensus around C35, which is uh, like a national kind of child care plan going into the future to make sure that there's enough funding and that no government uh, can change that, uh, I think, for five years. And the Conservatives, they were on board. Were, were you surprised? I was. Um, I, I was because the Conservatives have been very critical of, of this program. Um, you know, essentially saying that, look, I mean, you know, it's it's not one size fits all. Families need flexibility. Um, you know, not all parts of Canada have some some childcare spaces. You know, maybe people, uh, may, maybe women want to stay at home and, and take care of their children. So, you know, maybe they should get some some extra money from the government to uh, to help them do so. So, or, or men, um, or men, men may may want to stay home too. You never know, right? <laughs> <laughs> the odd man yeah anyway yeah, keep or going. yes yeah. Or, or women or men who, yeah, whoever women or wants men, to, to stay home decide. yeah um so so anyways they, they've been very very critical of of this program and uh, i was expecting them to vote against but at the same time you know i i think they did not fall into the liberals trap um which you know could have so let, let's say they had voted against C-35, yeah. you know, then the Liberals would have said, well, look, this is proof the Conservatives uh, want to scrap this program. And, you know, this is one of the many cuts that Pierre Polyev would want to do if ever he forms government. Um, and at the same time, the Conservatives are also kind of lagging behind with with the, the women vote, with the female vote, right? So they kind of needed to send that signal that, look, I mean, they're they're not going to scrap this program um, maybe because essentially the, the argument is simple, that these deals are already struck with the, the provinces and, and territories. So you can't just dismantle that, um, you know, when when you form government um but they said well look maybe after a few years we're going yeah. to review this program see mm -hmm, how it works mm -hmm. and uh yeah may maybe we're going to tweak it and make it a little bit different um more more flexible um so that seems to be their intention so it seems to be like the you know odd 30 billion dollars that that was budgeted essentially for uh for this it seems like that could actually be something that the conservatives are going to go ahead with if ever they right, form government. Right. So this this program aims to to duplicate kind of what's going on in Quebec, which has been going on for like twenty some years or longer, a ten dollar a day childcare plan, right? Yes. And um and so which in general is a very popular concept. Um, but the conservatives have always, uh, certainly under Stephen Harper, it was more about sending you or giving you money every month to do what you want with it, right? And so I guess some of the criticism of that is that doesn't necessarily create a childcare space, right? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> and and uh, so Michelle Ferreri, we, I think we were running a clip of her in the podcast. She's a conservative MP from uh, Peterborough. Uh, she was saying that, yeah, these, these deals are in place for five years, but mm -hmm. we want more flexibility. We, we want, don't want to have ideological shackles on a childcare plan. So it doesn't sound like they're that keen on it and that they're looking at that five-year window and like you say, possibly just inoculating themselves against criticism heading into the next campaign. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I think it's it was certainly a smart move on, on their part to uh, to vote against because it was going to vote for it because it was going to pass anyways, right? right. So, you know, even if they voted against it, that wouldn't have changed anything. Um, and it, you know, it sends a signal 
to the population that, you know, they're they're not going to scrap this. And, you know, they they're but going the liberals to... will take the opposite view for sure. Like the liberals will say, you know, once they get in there, they're going to kill it. That's what the liberals are doing. Right. Oh, of, of course, they're they're going yeah. to say this. Right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's it's not like Michelle Ferrari said. I mean, again, she's she you know, she she's not the, the leader, but she you know, she kind of gave us a, a little bit of an explanation as to, you know, what was their view on this and maybe why they voted for it. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, but again, I mean, the female vote, extremely important because really, especially under Pierre Poiliev, this, this has been lacking. He has, I think, a 30 point gap between men and women in terms of, you know, uh, preference. Uh, so that that was according to Angus Reid uh, this week. So, you know, he really has to do some work to to get the women's vote. And, you know, this is maybe a positive signal for for him that could maybe help yes. him. We'll, we'll see. Well, unless all men stay at home and look after kids, then he'd have to go up to the men vote. So, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But anyway, um, moving on to Anna Ganey. Welcome to Ottawa, Anna Ganey. Right. She's the new MP that taking over the riding of Mark Garneau. And mm -hmm. she's barely into the West Block going into caucus. And, and what happened? Uh, yeah, that was quite a scene yesterday. Um, so, like you said, she was on her way to her first caucus meeting as a, as a new MP. You know, she was there with Ben Carr, also new MP. And, um, you know, my, my French colleagues um, kind of jumped on the occasion and, and asked her if she believes the French language is in decline in Quebec. Simple question. Yeah. Um, you know, C-13 was was a big issue in her writing. So, um, you know, it was, it was a sensitive topic, certainly for English speaking Quebecers. So uh, but she, she refused to answer, you know, and, and they asked the question many, many times. <laughs> and each time she would either kind of, you know, defer to her colleague Ben Carr next to her and say, well, you know, he, he wants questions too. You know, he wants to say something. <laughs> Don't leave or... him out. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, kind of the, the reporters kind of said, no, we're the ones asking the question. Like you're and we're not asking the guy this. from Winnipeg. We're asking you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little confrontation there. And, you know, she eventually just slipped away, um, not answering the question. So, so of why course, is I... this important? So explain why yes. this is, I mean, I know, I think I know, but you're the big brain sitting in the chair going to explain <laughs> it to us. Why is this important? <laughs> this is important because um, there, you know, there is some sort of con consensus in, in Quebec and, you know, it's been kind of accepted that French is in decline, um, you know, based on some numbers and, and that's kind of controversial, but it's, based on some numbers on the language spoken at home, right? So well, this is from Stats uh, Canada, right? They're not making yes. it up. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, th those are those are real numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, one can argue, look, I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're not going to start telling people what kind of what, what language they can speak at home, right? You know, the important thing is, you know, what language they speak at work or, you, you know, the in the public sphere. Um, but, you know, the, so there is a, a decline and that kind of led to uh, not only the Legault government adopting a new a new law, uh, the, you know, the, the new charter of the French language uh, that really restricts English in the public sphere in Quebec and in governmental um, uh, communications. But also, you know, this was kind of the premise for C-13, which has just uh, received royal assent this week, the new official languages bill. Um, so, but both bills, both now laws, have been criticized very heavily by the uh, English-speaking community in Quebec because they see 
you know, both laws as, as a way to kind of, you know, strip away some of their rights or, or you know, kind of, you know, diminish English in Quebec. Right. So and and her, writing, her writing has about 44 percent or quite a large Anglophone community uh, that Mark Garneau had been speaking out for during this whole C-13 and Anthony Housefather and so Absolutely. so keep going sorry i interrupted and, and and mark garneau I, I must say you know not only spoke very uh, strongly against c13 because there is a, a mention of the uh, charter of the french language uh in in the bill um yeah. and so he you know he spoke very strongly against it and he said language rights are a hill to die on um so mark garneau you know felt very strongly about it but in the end he ended up um you know stepping down before he could vote or or not vote for for c13 um so of course this you know this is a big issue and anna ganey should have known that you know she was going to be asked this question um but uh you know like what, i guess what we she saw was yesterday. afraid of ticking off the anglophone community in her writing is that the deal possibly. I, I think that, you know, that is the deal. She, you know, she was very careful not to say anything. She did end up sending a statement oh, uh, in the okay, end, a written response okay. yeah. um, a bit later in the day when she realized that, you know, headlines were kind of flashing about her not wanting to answer this question. And she she said, look, she, she's concerned about protecting the French language in Quebec and in Canada. Um, she also said that the government, the federal government has taken measures to stop the decline of French and that this work should continue. Um, but still, she didn't answer uh, the, the main question, which is if she personally thinks that uh, French is in decline in Quebec. And I must say, you know, there, there has been some kind of some comments in the past about this. I know Emanuela Lambropoulos, uh, she's the MP for Saint Laurent yeah. in Montreal. Yeah. Um, she said in the past, like, well, look, I, I haven't seen the decline in French. I mean, I I did not notice it. Um, so, you know, and she she was criticized for that at, at the time by uh, by French media. So, um, look, it, it is a very sensitive topic. It's a very sensitive issue. But at the same time, I mean, Anna Ganey is now the new MP for, for Westmount. I mean, this is certainly an issue that she will be asked about. Right. And there's all these rumors because she's a longtime friend of Justin Trudeau's and so on and married to a close friend of his, Tom Pitfield, that she might end up in cabinet. But is, I, your, is your first day at school when you forget your 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 lunchbox and and <laughs> and you, uh, you you can't answer the basic question, does that make any difference or does a summer clear all that? I, you know what, I, I saw the scene yesterday and I saw, I, I said to myself, well, you know, all those, all this speculation about her possibly, you know, going to cabinet, I think that kind of vanished um, you know, by, by seeing how she reacted essentially to a very normal scrum. And, you know, the, Anna Ganey has experience. I mean, she's a, she has a lot of experience in politics. Um, she was the party president yeah, uh, yeah. and, you know, she has worked closely with a lot of, you know, MPs, liberal MPs. So she should have known that this was going that to happen. She should have been yeah. prepared. This is the um, welcome wagon in Ottawa. Get, get used to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also poor Ben Carr. I mean, he was really trying to speak and say a few words to the he media. Said, what he about never... me? What about me? I've got stuff to <laughs> he say. He was never able to do so. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well. Park your ego at the door. What could I say? Um, anyway, so listen, it's been a pleasure talking to you every week. And um, because the house is recessing, I guess this will be our last time in a while. I heard one MPL last night. What am I going to do now that the house is recessed? <laughs> 
We're asking ourselves the same question. What am exactly. I going to do on Thursday mornings? At exactly. <laughs> well, okay, I'll call you. I'll call you anyway, okay? I'll wake you up. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about the news out there, whatever it is. Sounds okay, good. Okay, have a great summer, though. I'm sure I'll run into you somewhere. You as well. Bye, Thank Catherine. You, That's Catherine Levesque, parliamentary reporter for the National Post. Now, let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are saying today. In the Globe and Mail, Conrad Yakabuski argues Justin Trudeau's next Supreme Court appointment could have disastrous consequences for national unity. He writes, Russell Brown's departure leaves the country's top court without its most strident conservative voice and defender of provincial rights. His replacement will almost certainly entrench the court's liberal bias in cases involving minority rights and those touching on the division of powers between Ottawa and the provinces. It's just not in Justin Trudeau's DNA to choose someone with the same judicial philosophy as Mr. Brown. And if he appoints another Supreme Court judge who shares his centralizing philosophy, it could have disastrous consequences for national unity. In the Hamilton Spectator, Wayne Poole argues, when it comes to climate change, we continue to fiddle while Rome burns. He writes, the existential threat of climate change is a topic which provokes various emotions, fear, denial, frustration, anger, and indifference. In spite of all the warnings by climate scientists, why do we persist with our apathy? Do we believe, naively perhaps, that polluting industries will voluntarily do the right thing even though it's not in their interest? We have been conditioned to believe that continuous growth is necessary to keep the economy going, and we can't seem to break this addiction. If we continue to value wealth and possessions over a stable climate and healthy environment, the writing is on the wall, then who will save us from ourselves? Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will be in private meetings. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland is in Ottawa in private meetings. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will announce his plan to address the housing crisis in Thunder Bay. And Treasury Board President Mona Fortier will highlight funding to improve the health outcomes of people who use substances in Ottawa. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, June 22nd. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.